All right, let's hear it. Welcome out to 50 West. How we doing out here, everybody? <laughs> Paul Daner Jr., Jay Morrison, Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD. Hear that podcast growling. Joint event at 50 West Brewing Company. I got to say, what a crowd. Give yourselves a hand for a huge crowd out here yeah. on New Year's Day. Incredible. Shaking it off, you know, getting back into it. You've already got a double IPA. We're going after it. Hey, it's it's a big game. So you, you you don't go with the wheats. You don't go with the water on the side. You start strong, double IPA, double. experimental. <laughs> I'm experimenting and experimental, so yeah. we're, we're starting strong. Yeah, uh, We have a big show here for you. So pumped to have everybody out here. We're going to have, of course, we set up some trivia questions. We're going to give some stuff away. Tyler, if you don't know about Go Long TD, you should be a subscriber. We hope you are. He also has a book. The Blood and Guts, How Tight End Save Football. Hope people have purchased this. My setup uh, in my house has your book prominently displayed behind me. It does. I yes. like it. And now, like it's, it. now it's in front. I'm comfortable near it. So hopefully people can check out that book. We're going to give one away here today. But there's a lot to talk about. Bill's Bengals are really interesting for me because organizationally they're interesting. Quarterback-wise, they're fascinating. And... This game is going to be uh, sort of a defining lesson in what the 2023 playoffs are going to look like, right? I mean, the this is top tier football. This is the big the big three in the AFC: Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, and maybe somebody else can try to break through that ceiling. But I think what we're going to see on Monday night is going to be the ultimate foundation for hey. Spangles team might be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, how many of you were here back in September for our preseason event here? There we are. There we are. We got some hands. How many of you thought this was going to be a big game Monday night? Way back then. I mean, you saw it coming from as soon as the schedule came out, and it is. This is this is for as Joe Mixon said yesterday. This is to see who the big dogs are in the AFC, and uh, I, I don't know. I they, they've already beat the Chiefs. The Bills have beat the Chiefs. This is this is for everything, basically. I mean, you nobody wants to go to Buffalo and in, in, in the playoffs. You don't want to go back to Buffalo. No, I'm staying down here. <laughs> and, and Bengal fans have made the jungle a, a very difficult place to play. That the, the the one seed is in play. The division title is in play. Um, this is this is everything we thought it was going to be when the schedule came back out back in what was it April? That's correct. Um, let's start with the quarterbacks, but because I think there's a really good big picture conversation to be had about these guys, and I want to start with you, TD. You 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 have a lot of knowledge of the Bills. Uh, organization, about Josh Allen, about how they do things and operate things. Josh Allen is a couple years ahead of the Bengals in where they are with their quarterback. They have paid him. They are going to be facing next year the first big cap hit of having Josh Allen. I'm curious your view of how the Bills approached that because the Bengals are, well, days away from having to approach that with Joe Burrow. The pressure is 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 higher than it's ever been because the window is open right now. I think that's what made 13 seconds hurt more than anything for the Bills, right? Like you you were 13 seconds away from hosting the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, which by the way, I love talking to the Bengal players about this. Everybody just assumes in Buffalo that the Bills
Bills would have won that game. I'm yeah, sure Cincinnati, yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati feels otherwise. Um, but yeah, that contract kicks in. It's harder to sign guys, harder to keep guys. There's more and more on Josh Allen's shoulders. You see it now where there's times where the running game kind of breaks down. They don't really have a threat other than Stephon Diggs in the passing game, and Josh Allen just kind of takes off at 6'5", 247, leaping over linebackers, running over DBs, and and that's kind of their best offense where there's a lot on his shoulders. It It's going to become that even more because it's harder to just secure talent when you're paying that guy. And you just have, uh, you have to draft better. Right, you can't be missing on guys in the draft. It gets a lot harder around, but you you have to pay the quarterback. Yeah. Right. The Bills lived that purgatory for two decades. I have my own podcast with somebody who was the assistant GM for the Bills, a director of personnel, let's just say Jim Monas, where he was let go because they couldn't find a quarterback, basically. Yeah. So it's if you have one, just give him the blank check and just live that life. There is no amount of money that Bengals fans would feel uncomfortable seeing go directly to Joe Burrow's pockets. Oh. Like, I mean, it's just there. They don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's good value. Give him all the monies. Like, give it to him. He deserves because this is what happens. I mean, you've seen it this year. Jamar Chase goes down. Their defense has issues at, at certain points with injuries. Uh, Higgins is missed time. Boyd is missed time. We've seen last year when the line isn't great. Like, we've seen all this. They ended up in the Super Bowl. Burrow got them to the Super Bowl. They've won seven straight games where they started this streak without Jamar Chase. He's turned Trenton Irwin into a star. He's found ways to make it all work. He makes it all work organizationally. He makes it work with coach, with GM, with draft picks that want to come here, that want to follow his work ethic. Like you don't you don't need anything else other than that to start with. You can make the rest of it work if you really have that guy. The problem is these places that pay quarterbacks that aren't that guy. <laughs> and that's when you end up in the, in the bad spot because now when they can't lift all boats, you sink. It's so perfectly said. I mean, it's the ultimate Advil. I mean, it makes any other problem go away. If you have the quarterback... I mean, anything could be happening around that player. You're seeing it in Buffalo now. You've seen it in Cincinnati. And what really fascinates me is like Burrow and Allen are are elite in for different reasons, very different ways. Physically, athletically, Allen can do things that we haven't seen out of the out of the quarterback position. But Joe Burrow is going to decimate you with his brain. I mean, he's going to read the field. He's going to find that soft spot. He's going to exploit it and surgically just go right down the field where. I tend to think that's what you would prefer, actually. Over the course of three, four playoff games in a row, that's more sustainable. So to, to your point, pay him whatever he wants for anything. Yeah. Decimate you with his brain. The Tyler Dunn of quarterbacks, really. That's like you, right? I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point because it, it, it does the, the margin of error shrinks considerably once you pay Joe Burrow because they're not going to be signing DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson and Von Bells. They're just not going to have the room to do that, and it's going to all come down to the draft, to developing. And I think the Bengals have done a much better job the last few years of getting these draft picks right. There's been misses, but every team has misses but that is going to be a big deal and I, and I can't remember do you know what did did Von Miller sign at market or did he take kind of a uh Late in your career, I'm yep. going to play for a little less and try to chase another ring because that's that's the flip side of that where you you can get free agents that are that are still quality that want to go play with Joe Burrow or a Josh Allen. 
Yeah, I, I think there's definitely players playing for the Bills right now that signed with the Bills that are chasing a ring yeah. because I, we just we had 80 inches of snow last week. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a miserable place to live if you're from there. If you're from you know Florida or LA, or yeah. you're these players have been pampered and coddled, and you're at these big D1 programs where they give you everything on a silver platter, and and now you can't even like. Shovel out your driveway. I mean, you can't. Even, they couldn't get to the airport to go to a game that they were supposed to host in Orchard Park, New York. That they're playing in Detroit. There's a travel ban. I mean, they're illegally defying the travel ban to get to the airport to fly <laughs> to play the Browns and at four. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you better like your chances at winning the Super Bowl if you're living that kind of life. And I mean, it just goes to show there is a lot of ring chasing out there. And Von Miller, I mean, he's going through this and that decision. He had choices and he chose Josh Allen he chose Buffalo and you know what we're not even talking about the Bills in these terms if they take Josh Rosen instead of Josh Allen. Yeah. Everybody's fired. Nobody wants to play for the Bills. <laughs> when they when they chose Josh Allen, people were irate. I mean, yeah. go back to the original tweet on the Bills account and look at the replies. I mean, it was a dark day in Bills history when they took Josh <laughs> Allen. My brother was at the draft party. He said there was people booing. People were depressed. People were yelling. It, it's crazy how that one decision can just send your franchise one direction as opposed to the other uh yeah it's we were talking about this before we started the podcast i go back to the 2017 draft we are at the combine in indianapolis talking to marvin lewis as we do every single year they have the number nine overall pick that year they would eventually be john ross but we were joking around oh who are you gonna take you're gonna just tell us who you're gonna take and he said it could be anybody obviously except a quarterback we would never take a quarterback we got andy Number 10 pick that year is Patrick Mahomes, and that seals your fate, right? I mean, that's what happened next was you end up Marvin Lewis is gone. You have the, the year of the Miami Tua tank. Bengals get Burrow Bowl down there in Miami, and the rest is history. But you got to be willing that you got to hit. You can't miss. You got to be willing to take a risk oftentimes. You know, the Bengals were lucky that this kind of fell into their lap, but they have done a great job building around it. I, I think to me, what happens is everyone assumes you get the quarterback and you're automatically great. Everything's great. Well, I mean, let's look at Jacksonville last year. They got Trevor Lawrence who's clearly a good quarterback. You can see that now. You have Urban Meyer messing it all up around you. Or you have GMs that, that can't quite, you know, Justin Herbert. Very good. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. There were too many things wrong with them organizationally on defensive side of things. You've got to build around. I think what the Bengals have done very well is connecting the sort of organizational holy trinity GM head coach quarterback quarterback number one but all those three have to be together they all have to excel they all have to see the same vision when you have that everything else can fall into place but not ev not everybody has all three of those and if you don't have the quarterback you have no shot absolutely I mean that that 2017 draft it, it, it's so fascinating. I mean, to bring it back to Buffalo, their owner, and I guess it really starts there with ownership. What kind of owner do you have? 
their owner, Terry Pagula, loved Patrick Mahomes. As far back as September and October, when nobody really knew who this quarterback at Texas Tech was, he wanted him. He let Doug Whaley, the GM, know. Jim Monas, my podcast co-host, know. This is who I love. They go through the season. They're like, ah, you know, but you know, th- this type of offense and that type of scheme. I mean, the Big 12, everybody's scoring points. Can you really do this in the NFL? They hire Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott doesn't want a rookie quarterback. You know, he had the final say at that point, and I get it. You know, like Tyrod Taylor, you can win with him. And they did end the drought that year, right? It's so <laughs> funny in <laughs> retrospect to listen to these conversations. Look, do you want to draft Mahomes or try to go win with Tyrod Taylor? Like, it's so funny when you say it now. But at the time, that is the real conversation. It is. And, and, and as Jim has said, like, I, I wish, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty that we would have told Terry, you want Mahomes? Take Mahomes. We're going to take him because what happened? Well, they traded out of that pick to Kansas City. Kansas City takes Mahomes. The Bills get Tredavious White. They get the extra first, and they take Josh Allen the next year. But yeah. the day after the draft, my buddy Jim is fired. Doug Whaley's fired. And, you know, they're, they're in the XFL right now. And it just, it, it, it's crazy to look back and think that, you know, here, the the Cincinnati Bengals missed Mahomes their own reasons. The Buffalo Bills missed Mahomes for their own reasons. Yet here are all three teams vying for for a Super Bowl. They found a way to get a guy because yeah. they found a way they to get a guy. guy. Yeah, I mean it's crazy that they that Sean wouldn't want a rookie quarterback because you when you come into the league you you figure that you're gonna have a little bit of a buffer. You're gonna have that first year at least. And I mean Zach Taylor got it, and then they get Burrow the next year. But it's just it's surprising that. That that would be the tack. That yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play with Tyrod Taylor, and it was the same with. I mean, I can't remember who the quarterbacks were in in the nineteen draft, but the the Bengals were willing to ride it out with Andy Dalton, and I don't know that was a Zach Taylor decision at that point, but it's just it's surprising that maybe this changes things with what Josh Allen's done, what Patrick Mahomes has done. You come in as a rookie coach. Get that rookie quarterback right off the bat and just start the foundation right from the get-go. Look, the Bengals did start the foundation in 2019 with a quarterback in Ryan Finley, who went out there, took those L's. Let's put one up for Ryan Finley. Took those three L's the hard way. Right. That's right. Did it the way you build the statue. Really. I mean, build the statue of him laying on the ground, smiling in that Steelers game. You know, Ryan Finley did the hard work here. Burrow's got the easy job. Go out there. And win games. <laughs> Try losing games, okay? When you gotta lose. That's right. I guess to your question too, it's like I think when you draft a quarterback, it's 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 kind of like narcissism, and it, it, you're just seeking out your own job security. But like you're on the clock, right? Yeah. As a coach or GM, okay, we drafted the guy. I'm on the clock. I feel like Sean McDermott isn't alone. A lot of these people in power are like, we're gonna push that decision down the road. Right. I don't want to be on the clock quite mm-hmm. yet. I don't put my reputation on the line quite yet. And they did it. It worked out. They drafted the right guy the next year. But holy cow. I mean, the, the, the counterfactuals that could run through your head if you take the wrong guy. It's a different NFL. And Bengals-Bills reconnect there at the end of that year because Sean McDermott wanted to build a winning culture first, right? Yeah. And Andy Dalton. It does matter. And Andy yeah. Dalton created that for him. Dalton to Boyd on New <laughs> oh Year's <my> Eve <laughs> sends the Bills to the playoffs for the first time in forever and to end their playoff drought. And it did kind of establish that a little bit of that culture uh, of what the Bills can be. They get Allen the next year. Uh, a remarkable thing. One other thing that I want to touch on about, you know, what's next for the Bengals, because 
you look at Josh Allen's cap hits this year, he's 16. Next year, 40. 24, it's 42. And then in 25, it's up to $51 million cap hit on Josh Allen. It, there's a lot of accounting involved. You can find ways to work the numbers, obviously. But think about it. Put that. I think the Burrow deal will be. Allen will be a very much a template for that. I think that it'll look similar, uh, more than likely. Just think about that, you know, twenty-four million dollars and what that gets you in free agency. Think of it, and, and that's just one year. So I mean, you're talking about an entire secondary. You're talking about twenty-four million dollars. That's four six million dollar players. Let's give them names: Von Bell. Uh, let's say Trey Hendrickson, Von Bell, and what's another? Uh, who's another six million dollar? Hayden Hurst and who else? And uh, one of the linemen, right? And let's say Karras. Karras or Kappa, yeah. Take all those off this be- off this Bengals yeah. team. That's what happens when the cap number goes up, like you'll see with Allen. And when you go by this straight accounting, now you can find ways to work around it, but that's the difference. Is you're just so much more reliant on the quarterback when this hits. That's why. This game, this next month, are massive for these two teams. The cap numbers are about to change. The window is about to change. The window will never be wider for the Bills. The window will never be wider for the Bengals. The Bengals have not just Burrow on a rookie deal. They have Chase and Higgins on rookie deals, too. That's $100 million plus in cap value that they have for a minimal figure. These are the... This next month is you'll never have a better chance to win a Super Bowl. The franchise is first. That's a good thing, by the way. That's a good thing to have this in front of you. But that's when you talk about the stakes tomorrow to have the highest percentage chance, the easiest path with your biggest window. That's a big deal. The Bills are a different team at uh, Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, than they are on the road. I mean, they've, they've lost three straight. No, actually, four out of the last five years in the playoffs on the road. Yeah, and uh, you know, thirteen seconds was thirteen seconds, and yeah. but they blew a sixteen nothing lead to the Texans. It's it's huge. I mean, th- th- this game, this is the game of the year in the NFL, the regular season game of the year. I don't think it's necessarily close, and for the reasons you just put too, that's perfect context because you don't know what the future looks like. No. Never do. It's going to get a lot harder. Oh, well, you do. Are, it gets a lot harder. That's both what it teams looks are like. healthy. Both teams are reasonably healthy right now. How many times do you show up at this point on a streak? Of at least six wins with a franchise quarterback who's playing at an elite level on a rookie deal with a healthy team around him. Just these opportunities, they just don't happen all that often in the NFL. Even if you try to build it right, there's so much luck. There's so much outside influence that happens. You know, these these two teams are, are really set up. Oh, by the way, we didn't even mention Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this equation as well, who currently hold the number one seed, where both of these teams could face the fact of having to beat each other, then go to Arrowhead. Boy, they sure did uh, effectively move on from a big contract to Tyree Kill. Like yeah, they yeah. said we're not we're not going to pay him. We'll find a way to win, and and they have. So they're, they're you have to do something like that and almost like yeah. reinvent, reinvent yourself over time to keep to keep winning. And I, I guess my question for you guys is like, obviously outside looking in, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, Paul Brown to Mike Brown. They don't like to spend a lot of money. Are they going to be willing to throw around? Obviously, you give Joe Burrow anything he wants, but after that, does it get a little tougher? TD, you'll go to the you went to the stadium yesterday, right? Did you see all the uh, sponsorships that are up? Those are all new. (laughs) Those are jokes. Crossed my mind driving. I'm like, oh, there's Paycor. There's the uh, Allegiant. There's the Alta Fiber Gate. uh, There's the Kettering Health Practice Fields. I E L Bubble. 
Like that's all directly to Joe Burrow's pockets because that we need the cash. Put it in the that's escrow. Smart. That's where do it's it. got to go. There's a reason they didn't do it until now because now they're like, well, if we want to win, I guess we're going to have to take your dad's name off the stadium, sir. <laughs> Paul would want that. Paul Brown and would want that. And that's what and that's what Mike Brown said. My dad would have wanted this. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a big part of the point. I think they would be more than willing to to pay for it. Yeah, and wh- where does Joe come in on this? Does he take the Tom Brady tact where he he'll backload it and he'll he'll structure it in a way where it's going to help them get people, or is he going to is he going to go for broke and and want something in in line with what Deshaun Watson got with the two hundred thirty million? I mean, that's they keep that pretty close to the vest. That's what's going to be the big question in this this offseason. And your your point was great with Tyree Kill because you can you afford. Both. Can you afford Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase? The, the Packers couldn't keep Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. The Dolphins or the Chiefs couldn't keep Mahomes and Hill. That's hard to do to have a top paid wide receiver and a top paid quarterback. And it's just it's all goes back to these hard decisions that are coming. It's it's not just Chase and, and Higgins. I mean, you got Logan Wilson too coming up this offseason that they can extend. It's it's it, a lot's going to come down to to how Joe Burrow is willing to arrange this contract and, and how much is he going to ask for the moon or is he going to say let's do what's best for the what, let's do what's best for me that's what he's going to want to but with a nod also towards what's best for the team what's best for the long term future I'm, I'm all for these guys getting every dime you can right. in a game that you know has your brain jiggling around in a skull every play like it the risk of injury and long term health damage to your health is is massive in in pro football so get all the money you can but i i think of buffalo Stephon Diggs, I mean, he lived the other side in Minnesota where it was really, really good. Minneapolis, Minneapolis Miracle, all that. But him and Mike Zimmer did not see eye to eye. Yeah. You know, he, he wanted out. He didn't like where the team was. He didn't like where the offense was. He gets to Buffalo. He easily could have tried to get a different contract somewhere else. He signed before his contract was up to stay with Josh Allen, stay with Buffalo. Probably took a little less money to do mm-hmm. so. I, you know, Jamar Chase hasn't lived that world. He hasn't been on another team with another quarterback. Like Devonta Adams, <laughs> the guy that he wanted to play with, Derek Carr, he, it was just benched. He's yeah, out of there. Right. I mean, the Raiders are going to be lost in the abyss. So the, there is another world here. It probably will take Jamar Chase taking a little less. Maybe Burrow structuring his contract in a way that you said. They, they both probably know they're best together find a way to make it work right you you have a chance to play for super bowls for a decade at least i, I think financially it does it does take a, a little bit on their end as well to take a little less to make that happen jamar chase is going nowhere <laughs> jamar chase is going nowhere can i just say that a little louder Jamar Chase is going nowhere. I mean, it's the it's the other parts. It's T. Higgins, right? I mean, right. it's it's that's the that you know. I think Joe has proven that he can he they can develop other receivers. He can make Trenton Irwin a, yeah. a legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he can he can do these things. You need Chase. You need the, the the value of wide receiver one. Follow the money, right? Always when you watch how teams build now, follow the money. And what happened was everyone started really paying the elite number one. 
twos, you can find a way to develop, you can find a way to work. And that's not saying that there is an insane value in having Chase and Higgins and Boyd, but you gotta have the one first. You gotta have the real one. That's why Burrow and Chase are going nowhere. They're gonna be here together. The other pieces you can develop, you can draft, you can figure things out. Maybe you'll get T to wanna stay and figure that out. Maybe that works. I don't I honestly don't know. But the core of Burrow and Chase is what you're buying into because that's what really takes you to the next level in this league. That's there's a reason why one receivers and quarterbacks make more money than anybody else. As long as Josh Allen and Fondix are healthy, the Bills will be competing for Super Bowls, right? No Bob question. Miller's done for the no year. No question. You know, my 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 buddy Isaiah McKenzie, we do a we do a show together at Go Long. I mean, he's been good, but maybe not what they expected as the slot receiver. Uh, Gabe Davis has not been what they expected as a number two. A ton of drops. Dawson Knox has his good moments and bad moments. There's a lot of problems elsewhere in Buffalo's offense. Their offensive line really isn't that great. Um, they run the ball sometimes, but Allen's healthy. Diggs is healthy, and here they are. If they win, they're going to be the number one seed. So, yeah, you're right. Find a way to keep both of those players and worry about everything else after that. All right. We have talked about these two very similar uh, ascending organizations and how they got here, where they're going next. Let's talk about where they're actually going next. Tomorrow at 8.30, they're going to go to the field at Paycor Stadium in what we just outlined a little bit ago, a massive game, massive stadium. Not just this year, but over the course of, you know, these open windows with these quarterbacks and and everything they have. I'm going to start here. I'm going to just one question about tomorrow's game. I'm going to call it. I'm going to make this up. Stand by your stat. Because whenever we do these like gimmicks, it's got to have some good catchy name. Stand by your stat. For tomorrow, a stat that if it you if it happens, whatever you say happens, the other that said team will win. Stand by your stat, Jay. What do you what do you say tomorrow is the number one stat that will determine victory? Well, it'll be turnovers, but I'm not going to go there because every game everywhere is turnovers. So I, I, I'm going to go third down conversions. The Bills lead the league. 49% they're converting on third down. Bengals defense is 19th in third down percentage. Ooh. They need to get the Bills off the field. They cannot let the Bills convert 49% of their third downs. I don't know what that magic number is. I'd say less than 40. If they can hold them to less than 40 and, and make the Things tougher on, on Josh Allen, get a turnover here or there. But that's that's the key stat for me is that third down conversion. It's what the Bills do. There's a lot of things they do great. That is what they do best is keep the chains moving, convert third downs, and the Bengals can't let them do that over and over and over again. Mentioned this uh, on the pod earlier this week, but Josh Allen has 29 rushes on third down this year and the highest conversion percentage of any quarterback uh, with more than 10. Uh, that's that's a weapon. And I, I would expect, TD, you can speak to this too, them to lean into that a little bit more. It's a big game. It's later in the season. Enough saving yourself. He's not big on saving himself anyway. But where perhaps we see them lean a little bit more into Josh Allen's legs than maybe they even have been lately. Right. I don't want to take a big picture again, but that's a concern in Buffalo. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie said it last week on our show where if he has to run this much, 
you know, game to game, season to season. He's not going to last forever. Cam Newton fell off a cliff after he won this yep. won uh, the MVP in 2015. So we'll we'll see if Josh Allen can live this way, you know, for nine, ten, eleven seasons. Probably probably not. Uh, but right now they need it. They have to have the element of his game. And I think that that's probably what makes the most dangerous is, is that running ability. Stand by your stat tomorrow. What do you got? Right. All, all that being said, I, I feel like if Josh Allen completes less than 60% of his passes, the Bengals win. Because okay. kind of like uh, the old you know, paranormal activity series, you know, all those movies where that demon, it kind of moves from house to house. Uh, old Josh Allen's still in there somewhere. Like We're <laughs> still seeing rookie Josh Allen from time to time where you don't know what's going to happen and where the, the ball could go any direction. He could have, you know, Singletary wide open over the middle of the field. You have Dawson Knox up the seam and he gives you a shot. I feel like the Bengals will take advantage of those shots where some of the teams over this winning streak that they've had, they've, they've dropped those interceptions. They haven't taken advantage of it. His inaccuracies have been kind of popping up a little bit more than they would like. So if he is that quarterback in this game, in this moment, and gives Cincinnati a couple shots, I don't see you know Cincinnati letting those opportunities pass. Like Chicago, like you know, Cleveland, some of these teams they've been playing. I just looked it up. Six times this year he's been under 60%. Bills are five and one, and I mean they win every game, no matter what the stats are. It'd be a little different against the Bengals, yeah, but I'm saying, it's, it's not team, like it's unheard team. of that he he finishes under sixty percent completion. The loss being the Jets. Yes, yes. eighteen and, of thirty-four. In that game, I mean, he threw it directly to a Jet. It's like, what are you seeing out there? He has one of those "what the hell are you looking at" moments once or twice a game. Yeah. You know, he's going to have that in this game. You've got to maximize that opportunity. So I will take the low hanging fruit because I want to be correct, and I'm going to say if Josh Allen has two or more interceptions, the Bengals win. I think See, that's too easy. That's, man, well, whatever. I'm taking. I don't care. I want to be right. I like Jay saying turnovers. No, I'm not trying there. to prove that I can be like super don't be the nuanced box graphic that says no. Limit turnovers. Yes, that's know, me. Control. <laughs> Josh Allen interceptions or turnovers will be the difference in this game. I'm willing to take the easy, low-hanging fruit here because <laughs> it is it, though, right? It does all boil down to that. When you have two evenly matched teams, possessions, stealing a possession here or there, yeah. is it? Because guess who? It who's, is. It's guess, true. I'm not going to say that this isn't going to happen, but guess who's the least likely quarterback in the league to give you a possession? Joe Burrow. Since week six, his turnover-worthy play percentage is 1.1%. That would be the best since week six by any quarterback since 2017. It's, And we've seen those turnovers that are happening are tip balls. It's There's a lot of luck stuff involved. That happens. That's going to happen to everybody. But when the other guy ain't going to give it to you, and you are going to give it, especially in the red zone where we've seen Josh Allen make some of those mistakes... That, that is, that's it. That's the difference between two teams that are in the same tier and evenly matched. Josh Allen, 29 turnover-worthy turnover plays this year, leads the NFL. Wow. He's had five games this year with two or more interceptions. Well, two interceptions. He's never thrown more than two. Uh, they're only three and two in those games when he throws two. See? Wasn't I'm that- so right. That season opener was like the best thing that could have happened to the Bengals, right? Like all these interceptions, all these mistakes. It's like get it out of your system. <laughs> Bengals fans would beg to differ. About no, that. It's like it's almost like he kind of he kind of made all these mistakes. Like, all right, I can't do that again. Right, I'm going to be more cautious in that situation. I would say, you know what? When if we look, I will say when we look back at this team, let's just say 
you know, this can, this run they're on continues and, and they win the Super Bowl, right? Like, you guys could probably get behind that, right? I assume I'm on pander here. The Bengals win the Super Bowl, right? But I do think you would look back and say, starting 0-2 and, and having the entire mess that they had offensively, forcing Joe Burrow to change the way he plays football is what won them a Super Bowl if that happens. It's what has them here is his understanding of living through, I just am not going to go through another season of taking all these hits. I've got to be more efficient. I've got to be willing to be checking down. I've got to show how good I am at making those decisions quickly and to then learn on the fly like, wow, we just move the ball at will when I do that. I'll just go ahead and keep doing that and that's what's allowed him to have this season that he's had. And I know I outlined this and I don't like to read the comments uh, no, too never. often. No. Just It's just it's flashbacks to my inquirer days. I try not to read the comments too much. But, you know, I ha- in my story about Joe Burrow's MVP case, I-, I sort of laid it out that it's a philosophical question. Are you willing to say, I'm not going to think about those two games because since then, in the 15 games that will close this season, he will clearly statistically be the best quarterback in the NFL? When you throw those two clunkers to start of the season that taught lessons in there, he's maybe the MVP, right? When you take those out, he's clearly been the best quarterback in football. I- I don't know that anybody really cares, and I don't think that voters will necessarily go go that deep into it. They'll look at, oh, he was great on Monday Night Football, and that's probably going to put it over the top for me. But I think that's a big part of playing at the level you're pay- playing at right now. Zach Taylor says it all the time. I wouldn't trade him for anybody. I, I feel that he is the best quarterback in football right now. If you needed him to win one game like you do tomorrow night, I'd rather have Burrow. Granted, I've seen a lot of Joe Burrow, but I'd rather have Burrow than anybody in the NFL. You know, I, I'm, here I am pandering again, right? Go do it. Many, That's why they're here, <laughs> to be pandered to. We don't have any Chiefs fans here, I don't think. But I, I, saw, mean, no, wait, I, saw a Chiefs, I saw a Chiefs sweatshirt earlier. Really? Is there a Chiefs Find fan that here? guy. Find, Find that him. Guy. All right. Yeah. Earmuffs, Chiefs fan. <laughs> but I was seriously just talking to Kurt Warner a couple weeks ago, and he said, look, he, he's not happy with the way Patrick Mahomes has, has played the game and read the field. And there was like a play that you would use to justify Patrick Mahomes' MVP case. Was that crazy? You know, when he rolled right, he kind of flipped it. Yeah. You know, to his running back, I think, right? Yeah. It was just McKinnon or Lair, one of those guys. He like ran around, made this crazy play that only he can make. He's like, watch that play. He's got a post corner on the opposite side that he doesn't even see. It's wide open. It's a touchdown. He doesn't see it for whatever reason. So he has to do something crazy to improvise. And he does, right? He makes the play. But Joe Burrow's making the right play almost every single time that Mahomes is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't always do that. You know, it, it's more fun to watch Mahomes yes. make the crazy plays. Sure. But Burrow's doing the right thing just about every time. You know who watched that and thought there's a way to take advantage of this? Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Yeah. This dude yeah. will just run around and try to make crazy plays and miss the guy that actually is open. Rush three, drop eight, yep. force him to throw into a tight window and have him totally confused like he was in the second half of both of those games last year. I think there's a similar lesson that can be learned by going against Josh Allen. I'm really fascinated to see what Luana Rumo's plan is for Josh Allen. I, you know, we talked about it earlier this week and, and I wrote about it, but there's so many different directions you can go. And I think that's what he loves about it is that he can't be – 
the Bills can't predict what Lou's plan is going to be because he's done so many different things and it's so many smart defensive players that are capable of executing different ideas. Drop eight, heavy blitz, disguises, all that stuff that has worked could be a big part of the plan to get Josh Allen to do what we've talked about Josh Josh Allen's done a lot of this year. I mean, that's the thing is, is do you need to do something to get him to put the ball in danger? You you probably don't because he does it so much anyhow. Like you said, there's there's plays a couple times a game where you're thinking, what was he thinking? Why did he throw that ball? If they, I, I am of the belief that they're going to blitz the heck out of him at yep. least early and, agree. And, and try to get him off his spot. But are you playing into his hands when you do that? Because then he just escapes and he's so good with his feet. Um, it, that that to me, everybody focuses on offense and, and they they, they want to talk about you know Burrow and Allen and all that. But it's to me the most interesting thing tomorrow night is going to be Lou Anarumo. What that plan is, how these cornerbacks can hold up against. I mean, you got Eli Apple, you got CTB. It's it's not an elite crew, but it's not a great receiving core for Buffalo either. How how does Lou manage Josh Allen? Does he sit back and wait for him to make the mistakes, or does he attack him and try to force him to make the mistakes? Well, the one thing you know we saw Lou go counter to what he did the first game uh, first the two games last year against the Chiefs in the first game against the Chiefs this year he was more blitz heavy yes. and he said you know what if you're going to throw the cover zero sky ball down I'll let you get a couple to MVS and and that will be what you get congratulations we'll take the rest of it and it ended up being enough and I think that's a similar plan for Josh Allen is you, you go that route early you see how effective you're making me very nervous wow. hovering a full beer directly <laughs> Directly over my new laptop. Uh, the takes are going to be dangerous. Man, that was that was a uh, that was a that was a tough one. Uh, so, uh, but I I think that that's really going to be the interesting part of this is is go blitz heavy and see if yeah. you know I, I I was looking around if you just search I was looking for good Twitter embedded videos to put of Josh Allen ridiculous interceptions. You just search Josh Allen and interception. You see all kinds of craziness. Uh, yeah. And I, I put one in there where Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen for the. Jags last year, but it's it's quarterback Allen just running and closing his eyes and throwing it directly to a defensive lineman. Like that stuff can happen. Blitzes can force that to happen. I think Lou brings the heat early. If it doesn't work, if it does blow up in his face, then you see the switch. Then you see them go to the drop eight and see if that is a way to get more turnovers. It's in there, right? I mean, it it, it is in there somewhere. And Josh, as good as he is, I mean, he's an MVP candidate in his own right, and they wouldn't trade him for anybody. He still has that part of his game. And I'll say this, too. I was just talking to somebody that is very familiar with the people in charge of the Buffalo Bills, and he said they are panicked right now. Panicked? Why are they panicked? Offensively, outside of Stephon Diggs, who is a threat? If you take this away, what do we do in the run game, in the pass game? What direction does this offense go? I didn't, you know, we don't have to listen to this guy. I mean, look, they just signed John Brown back, Cole Beasley back. I mean, they're bringing back the they're bringing the band back together. Yeah. They're they're like you know they're looking for anything like the Blues Brothers. Yeah, is, I, is there anybody that can help? I'm surprised at that. You know that Gabe Davis has not. What what hap, What has happened there? You know, it, he was so good in the 13 seconds game. Yes. Yes. divisional playoff round. They, they they took digs away, and Davis made the plays that he had to make. But it was almost a mirage is is probably a little strong, but. 
I don't think he's that good week to week. Right? He's had a lot of drops. Um, his numbers will still look pretty solid at the end of the year. I mean, he hasn't been terrible. He's had his moments, but he hasn't been what they expected. And I, I think you need more outside of Stephon Diggs. And uh, yeah, I, if I'm the Bengals, I'm, I'm doing exactly what you guys just said: force the quarterback to make that mistake at some point, and then take advantage. Same in the Anarumo conversation. Back to the Chiefs. I mean, there's so much in the Chiefs model that you can take away because of the explosiveness. You know, Lou told us afterwards that the first and the second game was: look, he always win panicked looks for Tyree Kill. That was the thing last yeah. year. So they made sure they took away. Hill first while forcing him to scramble around and, and force him to go another direction. I would, you know, that seems like a similar plan that you will see tomorrow. Yeah. Take away Diggs and get him off his spot and then see if anybody else can get open or if that forces him to make some poor decisions. Because McKenzie is getting open. <laughs> we talked about it. he's, if you look on the film, like he's, he's open, but Josh Allen doesn't him? really trust him or doesn't want right. to look for him. He's locked in. So I, I think that's the, the blueprint. That's the plan if you're Cincinnati. So so let's flip it to the other side. The guy who has been finding everybody that's been open, whether it's been Trent Irwin or T. Higgins against a short corner or Jamar Chase against anybody. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to see this Bills offense is good. And and I, it does. It's similar to the Bengals' defense. They both get overlooked because of what's on the other side. This Bills' defense is good. I'm really curious. You know, the Von Miller fallout. You know, they don't have that closer. They don't have that fourth quarter, third down guy that can really bring it. And when we've seen, you know, Burrow third and long has has been tough this year if you can't get after him if you can't get in his face and now you know you have a new right tackle that's going to be in there and what looks like it's going to be Isaiah Prince uh, so we'll see how that plant pans out uh, maybe we'll see Prince for a little while and then Adenogy will step in I, I you know who the hell knows I don't know that they totally know how that's going to play out uh, on Monday but you, you, I'm curious to see if the Bills have enough to slow Burrow because we just have not really seen anybody do that successfully certainly not for an entire game we've seen halves uh there's been success but never for an entire game i mean we talked about it on the podcast earlier this week that the the bills defense is really really good and it totally it, it gets overlooked because that offense is so good but yes can they can they slow down burrow Kind of going back to you mentioned it on the podcast. I asked Joe Mixon about it yesterday, and he pretty much threw shade at the the Bills and said they're not as good as the Ravens. But those linebackers are terrific, and the, that's why that's what makes Burrow so good. Is he he he's looking for that first read? If it's not there, he's so quick to get the check down and get it out to Mixon or Hurst or whoever it is. And you get those guys in the open field, and, and a, a short little two three yard pass turns into eight. 10, 12, well, these these Bills linebackers rally to the ball. They're not going to let those short little passes turn into longer ones. Um, so that's that's going to be a big part of it. I, I don't know that the, the Bills defense is, I think, number two in scoring defense. They're, they're holding people to right around 20 points a game. I don't, I don't see them holding the Bengals to that. I, I think uh, we, we did our predictions earlier on the pod. I think this is going to be, it's not a case of first team to 30. It's I think they're both going to get to 30, and it's going to be a case of who has the ball last. And you have to trust Burrow in that situation at the end of the game more so than Allen, especially if he's playing behind. You saw it in the Minnesota game. The the He just 
threw the ball away needlessly. Was it a first or a second down? Um, I, I just I, I think that is where the advantage is. Is if it's close at the end of the game, you have a lot more trust in Joe Burrow. Regardless of how good that Bills defense is, can can I just ask you something, Jay? You were in with Mixon yesterday. Yeah. Can you just explain to me the reaction of the reporters as he starts going off on how the Bills linebackers stink? <laughs> it was it was amazing because normally when it's a bigger crowd, but there was almost nobody there yesterday. It was New Year's Eve. A lot of people didn't even come down. It was just maybe four or five of us. There was no no one had a phone up. There was no cameras. The it was rap just, is blaring. I don't even know how. Yeah, you the rap was blaring. <laughs> I was holding so it like loud. right under his chin, trying to get the recording. Um, we were just, I, I think, dumbstruck. It was like he—he's on a heater here. Just let him go. <laughs> and I waited. I waited till we got back in the media room before we we tweeted out his quotes. I, normally, as soon as somebody says something like that, you see everybody's phones come out and they're they're tweeting the quotes immediately. And I think we were all just surprised. And it it I don't know. It wasn't like Joe invited us over and said hey i've got something to say we just approached him said you got a minute he said yeah and he went off i i mean that shows the confidence this team has because that's really the last thing you want to do is start talking smack about an opponent before a big game like this the Bengals have been on the other side of that with with the chiefs um it was it was really surprising but it was really fun that's what I love about the Cincinnati Bengals. So they don't give a damn. Like it's, I don't. Know, I feel like we're not that important. In the media, like words are words. Yeah. Like this is a team that has been bad for so long that if you want to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender, year in and year out, you know what? Say you're going to kick ass and go ahead and kick everybody's ass. Yeah. Like who yeah. cares? Yeah, I agree. You, you need to change the culture that way too. And that now I've talked to Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, Chidabe Awuzie. Everybody seems to talk in those terms to really change the way things have been around here. You may not have seen it, but there was kind of a viral clip in the Steelers game where Burrow, after they take, kind of put the game away, it's freezing cold, yeah. his nose is red, and he's fired up, and he looks up at the stands and just says, we the big dogs, right? Like, <laughs> But that has sort of become a bit of how it's flipped for them this year. It, it took till they were right at the end last year to flip from why not us to it is us, yeah. right? And that was the flip, I think, mentally, and you're seeing that in them now more I thought this week was the most confident, yeah. braggadocious, not afraid to just be like, we're we, we going to win this. We are the best team. I, I, I've not seen them be like this, even over the course of this last two years, where I think this is the most confident that, that they've maybe ever been, uh, You know, even, even leading in the Super Bowl. It'll be interesting to see, because if you remember, it was week 17 last year. They beat the Chiefs. They won the division. We weren't allowed in the locker room back. It was still COVID protocols. And that's when the, all you see all the crazy videos with them smoking cigars and dancing and, and really, really celebrating. If they, if the Ravens lose tonight and if the Bengals win tomorrow and they clinch the division, what does that celebration look like? I don't think it's going to look like it did last year. I think it's going to be much more reserved. And I asked Zach Taylor about this yesterday because yeah, that this, this franchise has won division titles before, and he said 10. He knew the number right off the top. They've never, in the history of the franchise, won back-to-back division titles. That would be a huge step, but I don't think you're going to see them celebrate in that regards. I think it's going to be more, like you said, that confidence. We expected to win the division. We'll celebrate when we win the Super Bowl. The last time they were the number one 
seed in was in 1988. Yeah. And they ended up playing the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game yep. and and beating them. Uh, Tim Graham and uh, Tim Graham is, Matt and Matt Fairburn yeah. are going to have a story on that tomorrow. Uh, looking oh, back on that game, to my Ta- best friends. That's yeah, awesome. and they 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 we. I know all the numbers we gave them, and I think they talked to everybody. Yeah. So it's going to be a great story. Highly recommend checking that out uh, in the Athletic tomorrow. But uh, you know. Being the one seed again, also not something that happens around. Here. I think that's no. when the celebration happens. I don't uh, the big one. You know what I mean? That yeah. that big feel, hats and shirts, uh, and all that party happens. I think whenever the one were to potentially happen. And right now, Casey already up on Denver. The dead cat bounce uh, off the uh, Broncos firing. Not quite happening yet. Um, all right, last question, and then we'll take a break and do Q and A. To wrap it up, non-quarterback that has the biggest impact tomorrow. Matt Milano, 58, defense. Speaking to those linebackers, I mean, Buffalo has a star on that side of the ball that I feel like we're not talking nearly enough about. This dude is amazing versus the run, versus the pass. You know, former safety at Boston College that has really just developed and evolved. Um, He's their best player on the defensive side of the ball. I think if you're Cincinnati, you want to know where he is at all times. And look, I mean, we haven't really talked about the Bills. This time last year and even the year before, if they get up on you, if they're up by two, three touchdowns, you know, they're having the time of their lives. They're dancing all over your graves. But in the in the past, like if you punch the Bills in the mouth, they didn't really know what to do, right? I think psychologically, they were you know, not ready to be a championship team in that regard. So yeah. even though Josh Allen's kind of been grinding through the elbow injury and it hasn't really looked the same on offense, they've kind of won some tough games, right? We talked about the snow earlier and needing to play in Detroit and all that stuff. Um, I, I think that this is a mentally tougher team team similar to Cincinnati in that regard so I think it absolutely is you know whoever has the ball last kind of a game but yeah Matt Milano is a a star that we don't talk nearly enough about no and I'm not going to make any friends here but I will say Matt Milano was the biggest Pro Bowl snub even more so than DJ Reed it was just unbelievable when you watch the film and you watch that guy he is all over the place he's so much fun to watch just if you're a fan of football and I agree I think he's going to have a big role tomorrow I'm going to I'm going to flip it I'm going to go to the linebacker on the Bengals side I'm going to go Logan Wilson and it's it's maybe the low hanging fruit because he played with Josh Allen at Wyoming but I just think I think you're going to see Lou use Logan as a spy on Josh Allen I think you're going to see if if Lou does dial up the heat and blitz a lot uh, yes, he's going to come off the edge with Eli Apple or Von Bell, but I think you're going to see Logan Wilson coming up the A gap, the double A gap blitz, and I think he is in store. I don't. He's in store for a big game, and if he has a big game, they don't lose. I'm tempted to say Mike Hilton, yeah, because you know we saw the way he approached tackling Derrick Henry coming off the edges. He's fearless. I think you take that same strategy in attacking those quarterback design runs. In slowing down the Bills' game, Bills, uh, you know, run game up the middle, but also just a guy who's primed to try to take advantage of mistakes uh, that Allen can make. I'm tempted to say that I'm going to say Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates has been close 
He's and he's had interceptions, but he's also been close to some really big plays. He's the deep center fielder that Allen's going to be looking to take shots at, and uh, he's got great instincts, great sideline to sideline. He's kind of a perfect antidote to the big arm of Allen. I'm curious how much he te- he tests it, and I think Bates has been quietly been playing really, really well, um, and and I think this could be a big one for him to go ahead and uh, help his case in a few months when he uh, hits the free market uh, trying to sign that big contract. All right, let's let's go. Uh, if you have a question, we will start up over here now that we've done that. Um, I never, I don't think I've ever heard of Chris Burkett. I haven't I either. I have no idea who it is. I want no to, idea. Can you get him on your podcast next week? I'm sure we could get we'll him. We'll just talk about that play. Is he alive? I hope so. 86, you That's never know. a little know. callous, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> don't Google that. <laughs> Chris Burkett, dead or alive? He's alive. All right, yay. All right, feel better. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's, uh, are we still rolling on the other, the backup? Okay. We'll do a few questions here and we'll get you guys on your way. This is really awesome though. I mean, thanks everybody for coming yeah, out. Thanks again, everybody for coming out. I hope you guys incredible. are having fun yes. enjoying it. Oh my God. Seriously. Okay. When Paul told me we were doing this. I'm like, Oh, we'll probably get like, what do you think? 10, 12 people. <laughs> you, this is packed. This you've is never been to an event at 50 West. They only do it big here. Yeah, only do it big. Bengal fans are legit. It's true. I mean, Bengal this fans. is this is a fan base that is. It, so this is what you. I, this is actually a good thing to, to say here because this is what you've discovered. Because you know, as you started your site, you know, you're you're branching out into different markets. Yeah. Ki- correct me if I'm wrong. Kind of trying to find nationally underserved a little bit, right? I mean, Green Bay, the Giants, a little bit, kind of. Obviously, Buffalo. You have a central, but the Bengals you found because the fan base has been so responsive to everything has been really I think eye opening from a national perspective you you see you see that I think more so than most do no no doubt I mean I went on uh, Dan Horde's podcast after I did the Let's hear for Dan Horde Dan <laughs> love Dan Horde love Dan Horde great human being yes. yeah I love that guy so he's from Jamestown not far from where I grew up and like I went on there, I was like, "Hey, if anybody wants to uh, subscribe to GoAlongTD.com, I'll I'll send you a Go Along shirt." And I was like thinking, "Oh, maybe a couple people." It was like 30, 40 people. Like, <laughs> Holy cow, this is great! Um, but yeah, every time I do a story, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, Joe Burrow, the um, Cheeto story. It, it, I hope you've read yeah. the story he did on yeah. Chibay Wuze. It was incredible. Uh, your Burrow story, all of it, all of it's great. If you if you don't, I highly recommend reading, subscribing if you can, uh, support because uh, it's it's great work and. And DJ Reader story coming in yes. your near future too from from Tyler Dunn. Um, all right, you ready for Q and A time? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. We have one question. You're just gonna. I hope you have like 42 questions for us. <laughs> we got. All right. Uh, all right. Let's start. All right. Thanks, everybody. Let's hear it again one more time. A hand for yourselves. We get started back up. We're gonna wrap up here tonight. Thanks everybody for coming. Great to have everybody here. We're gonna go Q and A. Can you pass that out there? Hopefully, we don't get too much feedback. I'm not sure what's gonna happen when we start moving around. Uh, what's your name? My name's Robert. Robert, thanks for coming. What you got? Um, so, t- uh, so I love your guys' um, sports betting segment on your podcast. Yes, so completely fictional. We can get fired. Fictional. We did real money. Completely fictional. Yeah. But yeah. to commemorate for the rest of us the first day of sports betting in Ohio. There you go. I have uh, two kind of sports betting questions. So, right. of course, I want to bet on the Bengals to win tomorrow night. So, and I do not like parlays. I'm I'm anti parlay. 
Jay doesn't like that. With Jay. Anthony. <laughs> always chasing. Always so, chasing. But for tomorrow, you know, there's all those free bonuses out there. I want to parlay just with the over-under. So I want to parlay a Bengals win with the over-under. So just you guys' takes on over-under. And then secondly, Joe Burrow MVP. So I, okay. I looked this morning. I forgot what the number was. But banking on a win tomorrow, does that really elevate him as even competitive with Mahomes and Hurts? Or should I not even throw away my money? So little betting I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start. I'll start uh, where you ended. So the Burrow MVP conversation I think is interesting. Here's the thing. People are very easily influenced. We are weak as a general media species and those that vote on these things we are easily influenced particularly ap voters which is who you're talking about by big moments big games all eyeballs tomorrow night is the ultimate joe burrow stamp your mvp case moment if he comes out and throws for 415 and four touchdowns and the bengal's win by any amount field goal at the end clutch play whatever that number, I, I would, I would be willing to bet that he would be, if not the favorite, almost an even with Mahomes on Tuesday. Yeah, it's not just big games, big moments. There's also the recency element to it, where this is the next to last game of the year, and you're, you're right. The the voters do not dive in and do the homework they should and I guess that's good news for Joe Burrow because they're not going to go back and look at week one and week two. They're just going to look at the overall numbers and uh, as we speak right now, Patrick Mahomes is in a in a slugfest. It's 6-3 to three that he's not doing well. If the Bengals win, if they beat the Bills and then they have a win against the Bills and Burrow has a huge game and he has a win against the Chiefs, yeah, I, I think you could see him. I don't know if he, he'll quite get up in the favorite range, but it, it's going to be really close. And what was it on the podcast three, four weeks ago? Uh, Mo Egger placed a futures bet on Joe Burrow winning the MVP, and it was at plus 800. Um, I think you're going to see that down. If, if he has a huge game against the Bills, you're going to see that down in the 2 250 range. We saw this last year. Um, the Chiefs game, the Baltimore game, and the Chiefs game back to back. You know, with the five twenty five against Wink Martindale and the Santa hat and the Krusty Krab yeah. shirt, yep. and then the next week goes out and Jamar has two sixty six, and and Burrow has a huge game, and he went from off the radar, like not even really discussed as an MVP candidate, to a dark horse who finished third in the voting just by his push at the end. Again, the relevance of these big games at the end of seasons yep. uh, would expose his season-long numbers for how good they've been, too. I'm not a gambler. I can't really get into it. I don't know. I just it, it, It's hard for me to wrap my brain around an NFL that's suspending people, you know, players and coaches <laughs> for gambling on things that aren't even NFL-related. It's so hypocritical. Oh, here's a number to call in case you, know, you have a problem. Like, get the hell out. It's unbelievable what the NFL is doing with this all. But I will say this. New, living in New York State is pretty terrible. We have a lot of stuff backwards in New York State. I don't like If it wasn't for family, we'd be out of there. But we were ahead of uh, the gambling stuff, so it was legal, I guess, before Ohio. This time last sure. year is right around the time the apps came out, FanDuel, Caesars. And so the free bets were out there. And I said, you know what? To your point, Joe Burrow looked really good against Baltimore and all that. But you know what? I'm going to throw down some money. These free bets they're handing out, I'm going to get on get it on that. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I, 
I think they won me. Like with those free bets, it was a lot of money. <laughs> I, I took them in the wild card in the divisional in the AFC Championship game, and you know, then I got the hell out of there. I was like, I took that money and ran. So <laughs> to answer the question, it. yes, throw down. Well, well if you've just been betting the Bengals to win and cover, you are rich. Twenty and three. 20 and 3 in the last 23 yeah. games as the lines continue to underestimate them. Okay. I have this in TWIB, which is up tomorrow, Jay. We talked about this the other day a little bit. I went deeper into this, and I found the real stat. I love these super-filtered situations. You ready for this? Okay. Games where a team that finished the season with a winning record okay, was at home as an underdog of between zero and three points in the last two weeks of the season. This has happened... Nine times in the last 10 years. The team who is the home underdog is 8-1 and one straight up and covering. And the only one was when Sean McDermott's bills were like, are we playing Josh Allen? Are we not against the Jets? He threw five passes and gave way to Matt Barkley in a game that they lost. So it doesn't even really count. So kind of 8-0. and oh in those games and you have a Bengals team that's 20 and 3 against the spread and it's last 23 I think the numbers at about one and a half maybe right now I don't know where it's up to one one and a half depending where you find it so that's where I'm saying spread looks yeah there's a lot there's a trends at play trends at play Jay bet the trend right that that is a long list of qualifiers for that list. That's a very specific situation. I got nine different games in the sample size, Jay. Nine games like are I'm in sitting there. Sitting back in a, my Italian class at Syracuse. Look, that's the exact situation the that will happen about, right? tomorrow night. Uh, over under was the other question. I think we both have the over in yes, our predictions. Right? Way over. Well, that may be wrong, but that's what we had. Uh, question. Another question. Let's go. In. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, red zone INT, MVP case shot. The line just moved. Just moved. What, what's so your name? You guys talked about earlier how it's going to be hard to keep Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase together, but they're going to do it. Yep. So there's a year in between when Jamar is going to be eligible for his money and T. Higgins is going to want his. Uh, do you think that they'll franchise tag T. Higgins the same way that they did with Jesse Bates this year, knowing that they can't keep him for the long term, but having him for one more year might help them win a Super Bowl. That is going to be. I I think they'd like to, but here you get into a really interesting situation here because you have Jesse Bates Part Two, same agent who has been a pain in their side through this whole Bates thing that they tried to get done and thought they'd be able to get done and wanted all the guarantees and doesn't want to structure things the way the Bengals like to structure things. Is that going to be repeated when T. Higgins starts his extension talks? Will it end up in the same, well, we're franchising you, you're either going to play on it or you're going to forfeit the money. Will they go the same line? Will, will, will that agent take the same loss that he took in this Bates thing? Uh, that to me the path that already exists with the same agent with a similar type of player um, I think makes it interesting they don't have to make that decision yet you know they'll they'll have extension talks all offseason and probably into September we'll we'll certainly be looking at that really closely August to see where that lands you know it probably depends on where the money lay what T's uh, you know 
demeanor is, how he's handling it, and how Burrow's contract falls. I just think it's really hard to me to make any even educated guesses on things before you see what happens with Burrow. I, I don't see how they can make it work mathematically because it's going to be the, the same season that you are putting the franchise tag on T is going to be the same offseason that you're able to extend Jamar. And if they're that committed to Jamar, I don't know that you can you can throw that much because whatever the franchise tag is for a wide receiver is going to be huge. So you're already going to have extended Burrow, and you're going to be throwing an extension at Jamar, presumably, and maybe Logan. I just I don't know how they can make that work to even lock up T for one more year on a franchise tag. You're also trying to find a tackle. Let's not forget yes. that. I mean, you're, Jonah's not going to be around past the franchise tag. I wouldn't think. I mean, maybe he is. There's a lot of football to be played between now and then. They still don't have an answer at right tackle. They may need two that they're trying to pay to keep the line intact. You know, we've seen teams. We mentioned Tyree Kill, the Titans when they traded A.J. Brown. Uh, we've seen teams that are just – they're moving and they're drafting. And I just – I personally think that's probably where this lands with T. It's where maybe where it should. But – this team has loved to pay receivers. Like they have never been shy about paying receivers and quarterbacks. Mike loves him some receivers and quarterbacks. So the idea of keeping the band together and having Chase, Higgins, and Burrow forever, I'm sure is appealing to them. Uh, it'll be fascinating. I, I don't know that I have an answer for you on that. T's case to me is the most interesting of anybody on the roster. I think I can better predict most others. T's the one that uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of weird variables at play there. Man, I, I would I would pay these receivers anything they want, anything you can do to keep these. Whatever Joe Burrow wants, give give him that. Well, that's Throw that's the case. West beers, whatever you know, whatever Joe Burrow has asked for, he's gotten, I believe, to yes, this point. Yes. Uh, so I think that trend uh, will continue. All right, we have another another question. All right, we'll keep it keep them rolling. Cavs fan in the house. It's good Cavs, to see. Cavs and Bengals. We're there you go. There, there you go. Chilly. Uh, we were wondering back there. Uh, you've You're been speaking for a group of people? Yeah, yeah. My buddy Jansen there and my brother are. David. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he was the spokesman, though. You guys are like, I'm not doing They're the very shy. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we were wondering, if on a personal level, we imagine that the past two years covering this team has probably felt a little different, like a little different going into work and, and just talking about it and knowing how it's going to be received. And we were wondering if you could put into words what that difference is or how that feels or if it if it's a real thing did you ever listen to my press conferences with marvin lewis <laughs> we, we 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 enjoyed each other's company me and marvin <laughs> it's a very different world when you are constantly having to write and question the job security of a coach who's been here forever and there's frustration in the fan base and everybody wants everyone fired like it's our job to ask those questions for you guys and so you have to and you're just it's just it's very taxing to be in that world every day versus a world where we're writing about a th team where they're making all the right moves is certainly an easier thing to write about, to question about, to analyze. And then this is the perfect example. Yes, yeah. We do things and y'all show up like you guys are interested. You read, you listen, you're showing up at 50 West on New Year's Day. Like it's so great because you guys are the, the apathy that existed before was the frustrating aspect, you know? 
no matter we would find you know very interesting elements to a week 14 game when they were seven and six again and be like you know this is a really great matchup this is interesting football these decisions they're making are you know we can really dive into these and nobody was really interested because they're just frustrated with the whole thing and it's just it's it's dalton and lewis and we're just done with it and this team and the history all of that was was honestly it was it was hard because you no matter how much time and effort energy you put into something you know people aren't really interested in that whereas now the dynamics of the game the personalities people are just in love with that and can't get enough of it that's cool someone we 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 do the show we write for you guys we want you guys to feel a part of it and that you you get it and that uh you feel represented and so for you guys to give that back is the coolest part for me that's the difference for me yeah like you said if if we had done this in 2018 there might have been 10 people out there and you're just here yelling fire marvin yeah exactly (laughs) and that and, and the marvin thing is a good point because when marvin for the most part when marvin's teams weren't good they weren't awful either and there's an old sports writing adage where you either want the team you cover to be really bad or really good if they're just kind of floating around and nobody cares when they're eight and eight but if they're really good everybody's invested if they're really bad everyone's invested because they want the coach fired they want they want to know what's next they're spinning everything forward and you had a lot of that in those marvin years when they weren't going to the playoffs and even when they were going to the playoffs they were good but they weren't advancing in the playoffs so it was still kind of that that middling range and it is it has been totally different the last couple of years I'll Thank just add you very too, much. like I mean it. Th- th- this is like what football should be. It's an organic, real market. Yeah. I mean, these Bengal fans are smart. If the team's bad, they're going to fill up the stadium. All right, you know, go, go, go make your team better. Then we'll yeah. show up. Yes. Yeah. Now the team's good, and there's a waiting list to get to get tickets. Yes. And then you have Los Angeles. You know, the NFL has this contrived market out there. No. Nobody cares out there about football. There's other things to do. So yeah. I don't know. As the NFL kind of chases millions and billions of dollars, like this is what the game was always meant to be. Like here in Cincinnati, Ohio, with the team on the rise. Look at you go. Are you just trying to sell books? Is that what this yeah, is? Yeah, everybody subscribe to GoAlongT.com. <laughs> I'm pandering. I mean, just look, no, you I mean, guys are really, really the I center mean, of the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I have an update from Arrowhead. Russell Wilson just ran in a touchdown in the Broncos are up on the Chiefs 10 to 6. 10 to 6. Dead cat bounce. Dead cat bounce. Dead cat bounce happening right now. Nate Hackett has saved your si- for your sins. <laughs> uh, all right. If anybody has a question, we'll take it. Otherwise, we're going to wrap it up. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody for coming out. This has been really fun. We've enjoyed it. I hope those of you that are going to the game tomorrow, enjoy yourself. Uh, have fun. Drive responsibly. Uh, Growler bet winners. Are there any Growler bet winners out there? If you are a Growler bet winner and you are here, uh, we're wrapping the show up. Come and collect. And uh, maybe some of you will be collecting the next time we do a show. Maybe. I don't have to talk to Optimistic Bobby. But draft? Around the draft feels like a good time. We used to, we loved doing the post draft. We had Duke Tobin out here. We've had Zach Taylor out here. We've done stuff. We we were going to do the show with Mike Potts, uh, the college scouting director, but the tornado blew through. So we had to cancel the live show. So I think pre Super Bowl. 
Maybe. There you go. Would anybody show up at a sh- at a show before the team leaves for the Super Bowl? Probably, yes. If, if we do draft, it'll have to be after the draft because this may surprise you, but the night before the draft, my wife and I have a concert. No, of course. So, post-draft. Pantera? Who is Tesla. It? Tesla. Wow. <laughs> so on brand. All right. Thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Good.